0: Hey everybody, welcome to the weekly show where we take a look back and forward at some of the biggest news affecting the sport that we love. Whether it's a broken home run record, a famous player's birth, or a major franchise trade, we'll have it all covered. I'm Jeff Lambert, and this is This Week in Baseball History. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Baseball History. It's your host, Jeff Lambert. I want to thank you for being a part of our growing Rounders baseball community and listening to the main show and also subscribing in some shape or form to the show, whether that's on the free tier or the paid tier. I just want to express my gratitude for you taking time to get these extra communications Uh, and be able to grow this group that we're trying to build of people that are really passionate about baseball and baseball history. So without further ado, we have some really interesting topics that happened this week, and I can't wait to go through them with you. So let's go ahead and get right into it. On August 21st, 1883, the most lopsided game in baseball occurred. It was a decisive shutout between the Philadelphia Quakers and the Providence Grays. The final score was 28 to nothing. The Quakers scored 14 runs in the first inning and 14 in the second inning to put the game out of reach early, and the Grays were held to just two hits the entire game by Quakers pitcher Bill Carlisle. The game was played at the Philadelphia Cricket Club grounds in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the Quakers were in first place in the National League at the time while the Grays were in last place, so the Quakers' victory helped them clinch the National League pennant that very season. And this 28-0 score is the largest margin of victory in a Major League Baseball game since 1900. The only other game in which a team has scored 28 runs is a 28-2 victory by the Chicago White Sox over the Athletics on September 23, 1922. On August 22, 1933, interleague play was proposed for the very first time. That's right, William, or as we know him on the show, Bill Veck, he was the president of the Chicago Cubs at the time, and he floated this idea that the National and American Leagues should compete for the first time. His proposal included a Midsummer Classic that would pit teams from both leagues over the course of six weeks. It was the height of the Great Depression, and ticket sales were slumping, So Bill Beck, ever the promotion genius, decided he had to be proactive about finding ways to fight this attendance slump. The plan initially received some support, but Beck died later that same year, and his plan was shelved. And the first interleague game didn't occur until 1997. And we did a whole episode about Bill Beck and all of the promotions that he ran, Uh, Marketing Genius. If you want to check out that episode, I'll include it in the copy and the description on august 23 1992 eckersley dennis eckersley records 40 saves for the fourth season in a row that's right dennis eckersley He was playing for the Oakland Athletics at the time. He recorded his 40th save of the season in a game against the Baltimore Orioles. And this gave him 40 or more saves in four different seasons, which set a major league record. Now, he had previously set the record for most consecutive saves in 1991 with 40 saves in a row. And he broke that record in 1992 when he recorded 52 saves in a row. So it's almost like a double record breaking here. Eckerly's 1992 season, that was one of his best by far, his whole career. He recorded a total, like I said, of 52 saves that year. He set a single season record, and his remarkable career and achievements overall in the world of baseball earned him a place in the Hall of Fame in 2004. On August 24th, 1919, a pitcher was struck by lightning during his professional debut. Ray Caldwell who was a pitcher who had just been acquired by the Cleveland Indians, formerly known as the Cleveland Naps, was making his debut for the team. The game took place in League Park in Cleveland, Ohio, and the Indians were facing against the Philadelphia Athletics. Caldwell was on the mound in the top of the ninth inning, and the Indians were leading the game, and as he was pitching, a severe thunderstorm rolled in, and lightning started to strike really close to the field miraculously instead of the lightning strike hitting him and causing severe harm the strike reportedly knocked caldwell unconscious and according to some reports even a little bit of his hair was set on fire so teammates and spectators rushed out to his aid and after a brief delay caldwell rang he he was able to wake up he regained consciousness and to his astonishment of everybody present he insisted on finishing the game amazing so remarkably, even after he got struck by lightning, he got back up and he retired the next three batters in order. And that secured a complete game victory for the Indians. On August 25th, 1983, a Triple A squad set a record for fan attendance. The Louisville Redbirds, who are a minor league baseball team based in Louisville, Kentucky achieved a significant milestone in 1983 because they became the first minor league team to draw one million fans in a single season. And drawing one million fans to a minor league baseball season was unprecedented at the time, and it marked a significant moment in the history of minor league baseball. And I think it demonstrated that teams in the right cities can establish this enduring appeal, and the minor league teams can really capture the passion that a city's fans can have for their club. Now, the team continued to be successful even after that 1983 season. And they, like many other minor league teams, did undergo some changes in the future. The team has changed its major league affiliations over time. In 1998, they changed the team name from the Redbirds to the Riverbats. And now they're just known today as the Louisville Bats. On August 26, 1939, baseball's first televised game occurred. That's right, the very first broadcast of a baseball game over television airwaves occurred on August 26, 1939, and it happened at Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, New York. We talked about the Brooklyn Dodgers just a couple weeks ago in a previous episode. So this historic event marked the beginning of a new era in sports and entertainment overall. NBC, the national broadcasting company, was responsible for broadcasting this very first game. And the televised event was not nationwide. It was a regional broadcast, and it primarily reached viewers in the New York City area. And the play-by-play commentary was provided by announcer Red Barber, who was a radio personality, who made the transition over. The televised game was a hit, and it quickly became clear to NBC and others that television had the potential to revolutionize the way people experience sports. And it really paved the way for the growth of televised sports coverage. And since then, obviously, it's become a multi-billion dollar industry. And on August 27, 1978, Joe Morgan became the first player to hit 200 career home runs and 500 stolen bases. So Morgan was a second baseman. He played for several teams during his career, but he's perhaps best known for his time with the Cincinnati Reds. He was a really key part of that big red machine dynasty, which lasted throughout the 1970s. So Joe Morgan, in addition to becoming the first player to hit 200 career home runs and get 500 stolen bases, he also has several other contributions to his teams, and that has stacked up over time. So just to give you an example, he was a two-time National League MVP, He was a 10-time All-Star, and he was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1990. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes our trek, our journey, through this week's most memorable moments in baseball history. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. Remember, stay tuned for future episodes. Thanks for your support. Send me a communication. Let me know what you're thinking, how you're doing, questions, comments. Let's talk. It's always great to hear from you.